The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Learning to tell CX stories with grace. That's what we're talking about today. And not only are we talking about it, we get to do so with an esteemed, frequent, beloved member of our audience. We have the immense pleasure on Fireside Chats Without the Fires Friday, January 22nd, to have Kate Browse with us. Kate has been a member of our journey on this podcast just about since the beginning. We know she listens and we know she pays attention because she proves it to us and she's always there with us. And we have the pleasure of having her on the show today. Kate Browse, welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I am co-host and uh, co-creator of this podcast, Neil Toff, with co-host and co-creator, Paul Catherall. <laughs> Paul Catherall, as Kate so sophisticatedly <laughs> said to you this morning, you this morning on this Friday, you are? I am buzzing. How can I not be buzzing on a Friday? And it's, it's a Fireside Chats Friday. Awesome. What a way to enter the weekend. Wonderful. And Kate, it's a pleasure to have you on. And as Neil was saying, thank you so much for all the support and all the interactive, all the all your interactions that you give us, particularly on the LinkedIn Live. You're normally one of the first to always say, yay, well done and stuff like that. So thank you so, so much for the support. Well, you're very welcome. I find great value in what you gentlemen are doing. Thank you. Let, let's talk about value here, um, because when I think about all the different people that we get to interact with, in the podcast, on social media, on the stuff we read and consume and like and forward and share on LinkedIn, on Twitter, et cetera. There's someone that's always there, that's always posting, that's always commenting, that's always supporting, and it's always done in a way that is graceful. It's always done in a way that I, I would say in, in classifies it's loving, it's supportive, it's uh, positive. It is, um, it, it, it's just, it's an underlying uh, voice and push and pat on the back, I feel, when I interact with Kate, when she likes her comments and supports our stuff. And I hope in, in, that we've been able to do the same for her. But everything I see that she posts, it just has this really favorable twist and, 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 and approach to it. And, and that's, I think, what, what got us so excited to have you here. If those of you that don't know Kate, um, you should absolutely follow her on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Kate, if you go to her LinkedIn profile, is the Strategic Partnerships Lead at the National Telecommuting Institute. And while we look at the word telecommuting and we all think we know what telecommuting is, um, especially during this last year, this organization has a really special mission. And I want, Kate, if you would tell us, tell the audience that, that aren't aware of it, what do you do and what does the National Telecommuting Institute do? Thank you for allowing me to share this with your listeners. National Telecommuting Institute, which we normally just shorten to NTI, is an American nonprofit. We were founded in 1995 with the mission of helping disabled Americans find jobs that they could do at home. So long before telecommuting was a buzzword or COVID came along and forced contact centers to go remote, we'd been working in that space. And so we've found many, many ways that we are able to work in that space. We've been able to lead contact centers through and into that. And 2020 came along and we had many contact centers who had said to us in the past, 
you know, you guys do have a great mission. We're glad that you're able to help employ those disabled Americans, but those remote jobs, we just can't do that with our business model. And then come 2020 and everyone came knocking at our door saying, remember when we said we couldn't use you and couldn't do that model? So 2020 and COVID changed the landscape for business in general, contact centers specifically, and it enabled us at nonprofit NTI to forward our mission in a way that we would not have been able to do otherwise. And so we really see that as the silver lining in the cloud of you know this COVID-19 that continues to hang over us is that it has opened up the doors to people with disabilities all over the world. And we are able to help many of those in the US. 2020 was our best year ever. That's really wonderful to hear. I'm curious. Do you often get from companies, well, I don't know, I don't want to take a risk. I mean, what if they can't see, they can't hear, they can't sit up, they can't, you know, I'm sure there's a, a standard set of objections and questions. Um, how do you respond to those? I'm curious what the, the powerful message is to, to put it back on them and say, yes, we can do this. Yes, our team is doing this well. Well, the thing that we do differently from many other organizations that help people with disabilities find jobs, we don't just help them find them we train them and we train them for free. And so what that means is that when an American with a disability comes to us and they're interested in our services, we help them go through the process to understand what it means for the day in and day out life of a contact center agent working from home. We make sure that they have all the skills in place, whether it's typing speed or voice quality or multitasking. We make sure that they have all the equipment, that they're familiar with how to use all of it. And they actually graduate from our program. And at that point, we can help them get jobs with our employer partners. For those people that come to us that aren't a good fit, most of them self-select out and we never just shove them out the door and say, hey, you know, you're not a good fit for this. We always invite them to finish our program. And we've had plenty of people who have completed our training and not gone on to get jobs through us. But because of the training they completed, they were able to feel more confident. They had brushed up on skills that maybe they had let slide or they had never had in the first place and then they've gone on to get jobs in their local communities we've had people start their own companies and then a vast majority of people do go on and get jobs through nti and we consider all of those win-win situations what is the best story since we're going to talk about storytelling then we can jump right into it what is the best story or memorable story that you've seen either from a hiring company or from a disabled employee that has had a, hopefully a great experience working for one of these companies. I'm curious, I bet you have some great stories to tell. Well, we have a lot of great stories and it's really hard to just pick one out of the hat like this. But what I will tell you is we have a success story that we repeat over and over and over. And that is that an American with a disability, you know, learns about us, comes to us, completes our training, gets a job with one of our employer partners, if, you know, succeeds at a phenomenal level and then is offered a job through NTI core, which is what I work for. And so we have lots of people who have started as those Americans with disabilities. Maybe they've been receiving benefits from the government and they've barely been getting by. And now they've, you know, learned how they can develop new skills. They've received a job with one of our employer partners. And then when we see that those, you know, shining stars, we pull them internally into NTI and now they're off on a brand new career path. And that's our success story is that over and over and over, we help people who are like, 
I can't even work to understand the benefits that come from a career path in the contact center and they become CX experts themselves, which is just makes me like on fire. It lights me up inside. It makes me buzz, Paul. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> for, for the listening audience, if you could have seen Kate smile here, this is this Absolutely. was priceless to see that that energy that just came through. That was that was that was priceless. I wish we could have snapped a, done a quick screenshot or something like that because it, it was a great smile. Okay, now I'm blushing. Um, <laughs> so, why storytelling? Why is storytelling important? Um, especially in the CX world, what, what, why? Well, storytelling is what makes things relatable. If we think about the history of humanity, we don't necessarily know things that happened politically, but we know stories. We don't necessarily know what happened in anybody's day-to-day -day life, but it's the stories that have come down to us through time. And so stories are really how we started communicating and relating to another person. And that's really what, you know, customer experience is all about, is relating to your customer. And it's not just about, customer experience isn't about, you know, that one interaction. You have one call or you walk into the store and that's your experience. It's the touch points all along the way. And when you weave all of that into a story, it gives you a robust measure that helps you understand and relate. And then you can translate that into a story that helps your client or customer relate. And that's really what CX is all about, is, is relating and understanding and having that empathy. And the most natural way that we as humans communicate that is through storytelling. It's not through data, not knowing what your net promoter score is or what your average handle time is. It's about putting all of those points together so that you understand and have empathy for what the other individual or party is going through. I gotta tell you, for my own company, I have made a very, very uh, determined effort this year to become better at storytelling. So I want stories to bubble up from the contact center floor, things that have gone well, things that haven't gone well. There's no better way to learn and understand really what's right in front of you than, than storytelling, I believe. I think that rather than putting someone in a classroom and putting a bunch of PowerPoint slides and talking about theory, when you tell the story and give actual real life examples, I think there's no better way to make things resonate for your community than those stories. I'm curious, uh, do you do that in the way you train uh, your employees? And I'd also like to hear Paul's view of this. If he's used storytelling in the teams that he manages and the training programs he's overseen or, or developed or created, I, I, I'd, I'd love to know other people's experiences here and whether this is something that's really going to catch fire, um, you know, in, in the contact center world. Shall I go first? I'll go first. Go for it, Paul. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, that's the only way, Neil, that I can get stuff across is by creating a story behind it. Um, so if you go to, for example, a team meeting, I am, you, Neil, you know me well enough to know that 90% of my life is purely about sport. I'm certainly not fit enough or, or I do I train hard enough to do anything professionally, but I love my sport. So I would always take a sporting scenario and then try to implement that into a team meeting. Um, one of my favorite ones ever is uh, the Al Pacino speech on any given Sunday. Um, if anybody out there is looking for a motivational speech, um, that's the one to go through. So, yeah, I use storytelling a lot in 
more ways than I should to to be honest with you that's probably the best way that I communicate not just in my professional life but also in my my day-to-day life and um, I'm your typical Brit where I'll start telling a story and that story has many many different legs and I have to go back to the original story right but yeah that's Neil honestly mate that's the only way I can communicate through storytelling. (laughs) Kate I assume that resonates with you. Absolutely, that does. Um, and I loved what what Paul just said about, you know, his story has many different legs. And I think in in the sense of CX, that that's something that we really need to understand is our CX stories have many different offshoots and legs, but there's a point to all of them. <clears throat> um, the The trouble becomes with storytelling is that it's actually really easy to tell a bad story. I mean, all of us have had the experience of watching a movie or a you know a live production or reading a book that just had a terrible plot, a terrible story, and we're like, I don't believe this, I don't relate to this. And so the part of CX storytelling that really matters is creating a good story. And it needs to have all of those different legs, like Paul mentioned. I like to think of it sometimes as, you know, when I was a kid, I loved to read those choose your ending books. Mm-hmm. And for your customer journey, when you're talking about storytelling, that's really the way that we need to think about it is because every customer is going to be different and they're all going to choose their own ending. And we need to understand as organizations that those endings need to already be pre-written. We need to say, okay, if this is your journey, it needs to be pre-written loosely. I mean, obviously we need to allow for every interaction to be organic, but we need to know if a customer calls with X, Y, or Z problem, we need to have a different ending for X, Y, and Z. It's funny, you're making me think about scripts. Scripts try to predetermine outcomes and they try to take uh, the, in this case, the customer on one or more of those paths. But it's so true. It, 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 you want to have and be prepared for the path. You want to be able to take the customer on that journey down that particular path and be prepared to get to the end point, meaning resolution, and hopefully it's a satisfactory resolution. But it can't be scripted. Each of these has their own nuance, their own art, their own flavor, their own color, their own sound to them. Um, and I think that's where the rubber meets the road. Those that can tell those stories in a way that's authentic, that's not doesn't sound or seem scripted, usually have the best outcomes, no? Absolutely. Um, I am a very strong believer in having agents that are really good at their jobs so that you can empower them to go off script. I like it. Let's switch gears. You brought to our table a brand new, fresh topic that truthfully I have never heard of before in the CX space. And I, I want to give you credit um, and have, give you the chance to talk about it. The word grace. Now, we all have heard of grace. Why is grace important in CX? Well, I'll, I'll share briefly with you why I started thinking about grace very recently. The buzzword for 2020 was empathy. And we're all like, oh, yes, 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 empathy. But I really started thinking about grace and how we need to have grace going forward. And grace in the sense that we just need to be understanding. We need to be forgiving. We need to be able to have that empathy in our interactions with others. And this week was the inauguration of our new president in America. 
and I was watching the inauguration from home and during my work day and was enjoying hearing the different people and listening to the different speeches and the different musical numbers. And then Garth Brooks was singing and he sang Amazing Grace. And I don't identify as a very religious person. And although I'm very familiar with that song and at first I kind of rolled my eyes and I'm like, okay, Amazing Grace. And he started singing and I'm like, okay, this is okay. And then he invited everyone in the world that was watching with him and specifically in America to sing along with him for the last verse. And I at first was really reluctant, but I do love to sing. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And I started singing along and Neil and Paul, it changed me when I started singing. And I realized that there were other people all around the world and specifically in my beloved United States of America that were singing about grace and with grace. It took a measure of me enacting grace on my own to start opening my mouth and singing instead of singing, you know, being jaded as so many of us are for so many different reasons all around the world. And that really got me thinking about grace and allowing myself grace, first of all, opened my heart to begin singing and thinking about grace. And it has changed my outlook and my interactions for a couple days now. I mean, it hasn't been that long, but this is something that I am going to make my mission in 2021 is to act with grace. And I thank you for your kind comments at the beginning of this podcast about how you perceive that my interactions, you know, come with grace. And I love that because that's really who I am and how I would love to be perceived going forward. So thank you. I look forward to your first post, your first video, your first, do we dare challenge you? Maybe song? <laughs> I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I will sing for the world, but I might write a poem. <laughs> Look out audience, check out uh, Kate for her first post or something related to grace. Um, let's wind down towards the final third of the podcast. We always like to ask our guests, as you know, three things. The first one is, and I think this is a perfect segue into this. If I remember what your, um, your CX myth that you were about to bust is give us a common concept idea and take an ax to it, break it up. What would it be? Here we are at the beginning of 2021, something that's out there that needs to be busted. You know, digital right now is huge. Every single organization out there has understand, has come to understand the importance of the digital world and being on digital platforms. And that is very important. And I understand that. But I think a myth that can be busted is that you have to be out there on many or even all of them. And that's something that internally at NTI we've really looked at. And we've crafted a story around it. And we understand now who are the people that are telling our stories and on what platform are those stories being shared. And that's where we choose to focus our energy. And I think CX professionals can really benefit from understanding who they're serving and what platforms are the most important for that. Because when you're having that dynamic engagement that needs to happen with CX, it's really difficult to achieve good results if you don't have the team to make sure that you are having those interactions every day in a consistent manner across all your different platforms. So, you know, I would encourage CX professionals who may have, you know, said, hey, let's get on all of these 
if there's one that you aren't going to be active on any longer or maybe stepping back from, just put that, pin that at the top of it or let your, your you know, people who are following you know, hey, we are going to be stepping back from this for a while, but for, feel free to call us, feel free to engage with us via email, feel free to jump on other platforms where we are more active. And I don't think customers are going to fault companies for saying that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? Absolutely. Because you can have a channel doesn't mean you should have the channel. And certainly doesn't mean that you're going to do it well. Right. So if you can't put the energy forward to do it well, then it becomes, you know, a stone that's hanging on your neck. And you're always like, oh, I need to be doing this well. And I'm not. So just drop it. Let that stone go. Well said. Well said. Let's uh, shift into the next question of this final third. Um, CX quote. Do you have a quote or quotes for us that uh, particularly resonate with you that you'd like to share with the audience? Absolutely. So something that I am absolutely passionate about outside of CX and my job advocating for disability is science. I love um, science and always have as a kid, I would read physics books. And at one point, I actually wanted to be an astrophysicist. So one of my current favorite humans is astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. He is heading up the Hayden Planetarium in New York. And he is passionate about science, like I am passionate about science and CX. And so even though his quote that I chose isn't specifically about CX, I love him because he's passionate and he's an educator. And those two things, passion and being an educator, are what make CX professionals good and are what make contact center agents great. So the quote, my first one is from Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he says, creativity is seeing what everyone else sees but then thinking a new thought that has never been thought before and expressing it somehow. And I love that 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 quote gives room for empowerment for CX professionals, contact center agents, whatever it is, you're creative. Think a new thought and share it somehow. I love it. By the way, I think you won't be surprised without telling you, you embody creativity yourself. You created uh, and brought to the CX table for the first time, I think, the topic of grace, that's creativity. We talk about grace in the larger world, we never talk about it in the CX world. We certainly, and certainly not in the context of the world. And it, believe us, it has room to, to exist, to be at the table, but uh, this is just one of your, 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 an example of how you yourself manifest creativity. Well done. Thank you, Neil. Is there another quote or is that the only one you wanna share? Oh, I have another one. And again, it's not specifically from anyone in CX. It's actually from a 13th century Persian poet. Uh, he's most commonly known as Rumi. And he has, you know, wonderful um, meditations and thoughts. But one of the ones that I always come back to is he just says, stop acting so small. You are the universe in ecstatic motion. And I love that because sometimes we all feel small. We all feel like, am I really making a difference? If I'm answering call after call from customer after customer, I feel so small, but you're not. So stop acting so small, stop feeling so small because you're the universe in ecstatic motion and you're making a difference right now in this interaction. You and Neil and Paul right now are making a difference in my life this moment today. And contact center agents, when they have a person on the line, that's their moment to stop acting small and to become 
the force to make that person's life better in that moment that day and to then empower them to carry that interaction and positivity forward. What a beautiful phrase. By the way, ecstatic it. motion, that's so, that in itself is creative. It's an amazing use of language. Motion, one can understand motion and the force uh, and speed and rhythm of motion. But the adjective ecstatic is quite unique. That's, that's thought-provoking, ecstatic and it's, motion. It's I love interesting it. interesting that you, you picked up on motion because be looking, I'm going to be you know, publishing an article soon about how Isaac Newton relates to the contact center and his ideas of motion and inertia. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Another example of Kate Ross's creativity. This is, this is sensational. Let's move to the final third of the final third. Who are your CX heroes that you would like to recognize? Okay, and these, these are CX heroes of the week because um, I'm always interacting with and finding new people that I am very grateful for. But um, I have four that I'd like to just share with you briefly. The first one is Darren Prine of Cloud Tech Gurus. You know, he's known for connecting companies with solutions, but the reason that he's getting a shout out from me is because he always goes the extra mile to just connect people with people. Darren Prine does not act small. He knows that he makes a difference. He thrives on that and he brings along everyone who interacts with him into motion with him on that journey. So I love that. A shout out to you. He's ecstatic, by the way. He's he very ecstatic. He's great energy. Uh, and it is, it, he is a force of motion. Being around Darren is quite, it's, it's engaging, it's fun. It, uh, it, there's movement in a very, very positive way. He's a, he's a force. Shout Absolutely. out to Darren. Uh, my, well, second, my second shout out goes to Valerie McSorley. She's leading a group of women that are in contact center leadership into the spotlight and the limelight right now. We know that the pandemic worldwide has touched women in a different way overall than it's touched men. And she's recognized that. And in addition to many other hats that she wears in the CX world, she's formed a group of women and I'm, uh, I'm honored to be a part of this wonderful group of women that meet once a month to talk about how contact center leadership can be bettered, heightened, and in particular, how women can be brought along in that so that we can try to make up some of the lost time and experiences that women have experienced because of this COVID-19 pandemic that we're in the midst of. Hats off to Valerie. Valerie is well known in the event organization space within the CX world. Um, she's, I believe, a producer and, and creator of a set of events. So she's certainly well known for that, but it's great to hear that she's pivoted or, or in parallel um, to her event um, activities that she's created this group. But that's really wonderful to hear. I wasn't yes. aware of that. But that's, Valerie's that's, that's done a great job of pivoting to having virtual and remote events. She's really you know, raised the bar on that for a lot of other organizations. She does a really great job. So my third shout out goes to Craig Sell at Pace the Professional Association for Customer Engagement. NTI is a member of PACE. We love attending their events and staying current and up to date on everything that's going on. But Craig is a great example of how to make CX personal. In every interaction that I've ever had with him, I never have felt like a number or somebody that he needs to check off his list or, oh my gosh, it's that, that woman from NTI again. Every single interaction that Craig has with me and every interaction that I watch him have with others as I attend PACE events, he's really an outstanding example of how to make CX personal. So hats off to Craig Sell at PACE. 
And the last person that I would love to mention is probably the most important for me as where I am in my journey. And that is Greg Salvato, the CEO of Touchpoint One. Greg was the first person who helped me discover my own passion for CX. And it's because of him that I am where I am today on my CX journey. And I love that. And occasionally when I feel a little bit of burnout, or I'm just tired, all I have to do is, you know, call Greg. And it's like having a triple shot of espresso in your arm. It's better than having caffeine. He is always excited about something new and something to share in the CX world and how to make contact centers better specifically. So I love Greg Salvato. He is known, I think uh, the product is a gamification product, if I remember correctly. And, yes. you know, when you look at gamification, business partner space, he's there, he's present, he's, he's um, the, the product and platform itself, but his marketing message is, is, is everywhere you turn, it's there. And that's, that's, that's a credit to him. Greg, if you're listening, we're coming at you. We're coming at you to sponsor this podcast at some point. Look forward <laughs> to a phone call from us. And Kate, we're going to ask Kate to, to a little push on that, but that's a, that's a separate thing. Uh, this, this is a, an incredibly energetic ecstatically energetic, ecstatic emotion uh, podcast to wind down. We've learned about CX storytelling. We've talked about grace. And what we have seen is creativity and passion right before our eyes. And for those that are listening, right before your ears. <laughs> Kate, you've been a sensational guest. Uh, we hope that you're going to come back. We hope you continue to listen. We hope you continue to put out the message into our community about the importance of, of course, not only good CX, but being graceful and gracious and encourage all of us to tell more and better stories. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. It has been a pleasure spending the time with you. Uh, we look forward to reading and seeing and maybe even hearing your singing at some point and just paying attention to your next steps and content that you generate. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. Paul, how do we wrap this one up? You get to wrap this one up if there's a way to I, I ecstatically and in motion say goodbye. <laughs> this is a tough one. Yeah. It stands for itself, right? It's, Honestly, uh, if if our listeners are not moved by this podcast, this recording, simply because of Kate's enthusiasm and just downright passion about what she really believes in, you guys out there, you don't have a heart. You're not human. I've had goosebumps for... 90% of this podcast simply by listening to what you've been saying, Kate. I've, I'm, I'm going to, I, it's late for me now because I'm in the Philippines, right? But um, I feel like I've had a shot of espresso and I don't even drink coffee. So I, I really, I, I really, really appreciate um, you coming on, your passion, your enthusiasm. There's a, we've got a few common authors and common interests. Um, so I think your, your, your quote earlier about the motion, um, there's also something from Carl Sagan that says we're all made of stardust. And that's something that I, that's my anchor, right? We're all made of stardust. Um, and basically we're all part of, of a bigger thing. And also going back to not being small, Bill Gates publishes a recommended yearly reading book, uh, reading list. And, that, and there was five books. He does it every year. Um, I just started reading one book from the list, uh, this month and the book is called breath breath from salt 
and it's about the cystic fibrosis um, community in the US from the 1950s to present day. And not anybody in that book thinks themselves as small. So I, I recommend, even if you're not interested in biology, that book, it had me laughing, it had me in tears. It ha Honestly, I cannot recommend it highly enough. So there we go. Sorry, Neil, that's a little bit longer than my normal goodbye, but I, <laughs> I'm in awe. I am in awe. Love it. Let's wrap this one up. Audience, as a favor, as a gesture of kindness and graciousness, kindly rate, kindly review the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you haven't already done so, follow us on LinkedIn. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Um, share the content. And please give us feedback if there's something you'd like to know, something you'd like to contribute, question, doubt, oppose. We're, that's always welcome. The great thing is, is that uh, we've, this is put into motion by amazing guests and our audience and being able to share today's session with someone who's been part of our audience and now is part of our extended family of guests has been a true pleasure. Once again, Kate Browse, Fireside Chats Without the Fires, Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Stay healthy and safe, everyone. Once again, applause for Kate Browse. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.